Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Tyler is a 10-year-old male here for a well-child visit. He is a delightful, talkative young man who has no complaints today. Mom tells you, Tyler loves to read, play video games, and is doing well in school. He has a nice group of friends. But he's not interested in sports like his brothers and would rather sit and read than get up and move. You note Tyler's father had hypertension at a fairly young age and that his paternal grandparents both have heart disease. On review of his vital signs, you note that Tyler's weight is in the 95th percentile for his age and height, and his blood pressure is 118 over 80 in his left arm. This puts him in the 90 to 95th percentile range for his age and height. How would you interpret Tyler's blood pressure, and what, if anything, would you do regarding these findings? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health. Joining me today is Susan Feeney, DMP, an assistant professor and coordinator of the Family Nurse Practitioner Tract at the University of Massachusetts Medical School Graduate School of Nursing. Susan, thank you very much for bringing these new blood pressure guidelines to our attention today. My pleasure, Frank. So Tyler sounds like more than a few boys in our practice. (laughs) Yes. And uh, understanding and managing uh, elevated blood pressures are something I think we've all been confused about. Right. So, Susan, how do we diagnose children before age 13 with hypertension? Those folks, kids under age 13, we use normative tables, and that's based on their, um, their, their height and their age. And basically, if they're under 90th percentile, that's normal. If they're between the 90th and 95th, that's considered elevated. And anything over 95th percentile would be stage one or higher than that would be stage two. For 13-year-olds and older, we are looking at a fixed blood pressure. So if it's, it's normal, would be less than 120 over 80, and elevated would be greater than 120 over 80. Okay, great. And then how do we decide on those blood pressure readings when to initiate treatment? Well, they give us pretty good guidelines. We need to check elevated pressures that would fall into that elevated range, both for kids under 13 and over 13, they want us to check it three separate times at three different visits. Um, If it's stage one, they want us also to um, check three more times before we make a diagnosis. If it's stage two, they want us, they give you, they want two um, distinct visit checks. And then if it's still elevated after the second, then you can make the diagnosis of a stage two hypertension. Well, you raise a really good point. Um, How common are we going to be finding hypertension in our pediatric population? Well, the literature says it has increased, but we also are checking them more frequently. So um, it's really somewhere between 2 and 3% are in the elevated range for children and teens. And then for the kids that fall in the higher categories, again, 3%. So not a large amount. But the problem is there's significant problems and evidence of target organ damage if this isn't rectified. But what is really stressed is the lifestyle changes, is that needs to be instituted for all people, you know, all kids, regardless of what their um, 
whether they are, you know, an elevated range or even if they have a normal range, but if their weight is up beyond 95 percentile, we really need to think about instituting these lifestyle modifications. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. We've got new screening guidelines. We've got new diagnostic criteria. And the diagnostic criteria is based upon um, their height uh, before age 13 or based upon 120 over 80 after age 13. So now we've got treatment recommendations. Um, Can you talk a little bit about what we should be doing first and second line? So first line would be to institute, so let's say with Tyler, he Mm -hmm. comes in, he's running in the elevated range, he's not stage one. We really would need to talk to him and his mom about what's his usual diet, what's his usual exercise pattern. You know, is there, are there ways that we could look at getting rid of things that might be adding to his weight, such as soda or salts or fats or fast foods, and find some low-hanging fruit to try to change and get, get, see if we could get his blood pressure down by some weight reduction, not putting him on a diet, but looking at his, at his diet and trying to make it more healthy. Um, <clears throat> then also exercise. Mom says he's not doing much. So how could we encourage some activity? Um, sometimes it's, you know, going up and down the stairs a couple of times, taking, you know, taking the stairs at school if there's, you know, in lieu of an elevator. But find ways in which to increase his, his exercise because we know that's going to be give us the most bang for our buck and have the most greatest impact on his health his whole life. All right. Um, that's always the challenge with both children and adults. Yes. Um, but I think you're right. Talking to both him and his mom right. are going to be critical to both helping him improve his diet and improve his activity. When do we need to start thinking about medication? Well, you know, um, you would really look at a child who is in the stage one category. So this would be somebody who's greater than 120 over 80 um, and who with, you know, you're supposed to check three times um, within a year to see if this blood pressure is, you know, a- uh, accurate. If it continues that way, then uh, at that above that level, then um, they, the American Academy of Pediatrics says you need to think about instituting uh, treatment, which would be uh, the standard medications, ACEs, ARBs, calcium channel blockers, or diuretics, and they don't pick one over another. Even they didn't indicate anything about ethnicity in here that I could see. Um, and then as and, and really stressing the, the lifestyle changes. They also made a point that um, echocardiogram might be something you'd want to order prior to, if you were thinking you're going to initiate therapy, they want you to um, evaluate the left ventricular mass with an echocardiogram. So that if you're at that point in primary care, you may want to refer to a cardiologist at that point if that was your concern. Um, and then if it's stage two, um, initiation of therapy would happen after two verified blood pressures in that range. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, this sounds like a fairly big challenge. One thing I always worry about is um, when children want to participate in a variety of after school and summer activities, um, people look for clearance. What can we tell Tyler should he want to play a sport? Is he going to be allowed to Absolutely. with an elevated blood pressure? Oh, Absolutely. Good. What they, they made a very clear statement here that um, that participation in sports would only be if someone had a stage two or greater. And then once someone is stage two and is in well-controlled uh, blood pressure, they can go into playing sports. So being having hypertension in the pediatric population should not preclude you from being involved in sports activities unless it's quite severe. And then, then 
it can be as soon as you get it under control. Right. And also the other thing too is I just want to point out is, you know, a lot of times we feel obliged to do a lot of workup on these kids. Um, what they're saying is if the child is six or greater and has, um, is overweight or obese, has a strong family history of hypertension like Tyler, um, or has um, other risk factors that we don't have to do a deep dive into those secondary risk factors unless there are obviously symptoms, either physical or history symptoms that would make you worried about thyroid or, or renal artery stenosis, something like that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we don't have to go off that end. Clearly, if somebody has a comorbidity that's causing their blood pressure, like diabetes and things like that, you would need to get specially uh, care involved before you, you cleared them for sports. But most of the kids we're going to see are going to fall into this category like Tyler. He needs to join a team. He needs to be out and, and running around. Susan, this is a really complicated guideline. Thank you very much for discussing it with me today. My pleasure. Practice pointer. The American Academy of Pediatrics new hypertension guidelines require uh, checking blood pressure at their well visit, repeating if the pressure is elevated, and initiating treatment of lifestyle change first line for all those at risk. Join us next time when we talk about the role of aspirin for the primary prevention of cardiovascular disease. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.